I then have to go work for school, which would be awful. Because <laughs> the only other job prospect I have is a social studies teacher. <laughs> ah, there you go. You can teach middle schoolers. Yeah. Seventh grade. That'll be your favorite. Ooh. God help me. Angst, angst, angst. <laughs> hell. I would prefer hell. <laughs> No, just no, just Dante. Just stick me straight in circle two or something. Yeah, better to rule in hell than to teach a seventh grade social studies class. Yes, exactly. <laughs> rule, I'll serve. Church in space. Welcome, everybody, to Church in Space. In 3D. Hey. So today's topic is climate apocalypse. Uh, this is brought about by the fact that it looked like Blade Runner 2049 became the mayor of New York City uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this past week. <laughs> you know, with the fire and the oil. Like, it really was, like, straight out of, like... <laughs> New York, brought to you by Ridley Scott. Right, brought to you by Ridley Scott. Right, I mean, it really was, like, that scene in, like, Blade Runner 2049 where he's walking through the ruins of Las, of Las Vegas. <laughs> or the road. Or the road, yeah. right. Kind of like... Well, so... <sighs> You know, this got me thinking because somebody commented on how there was this photo of, like, Manhattan people doing what Manhattan people do, which is going about their business mm-hmm. kind of, you know, no matter what. Yeah. So, yes, it's orange outside, but people are still outside having coffee and taking meetings, you know? Because <laughs> yeah, like, nothing stops New right, York. Right, because yeah. it's New York, right? And somebody said something like, I, I don't understand how people can just go about their lives during the apocalypse, and this got me thinking, like, well, I'm not sure what else <laughs> they should do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like... Everybody goes outside with their vacuum cleaners to do a mass right. air cleaning? Or you sit in your room and wail and moan. Rent is still due, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like... <laughs> no matter what the apocalypse <laughs> happens, right. rent is due on the first rent of the month. Rent is still due on the first of the month. Like, you know, like... And this got me thinking about how... I guess when I'm thinking about climate apocalypse in science fiction... Like, it's truly, like, the road. It's usually world-ending, you know? Mm. Like, it's usually, like, everything comes to a stop day after tomorrow. And actually, I, I kind of think that's where some people, I think, get catastrophe wrong, is that, you know, I think you'd be surprised at how many people will continue going about their business yeah. up until, you know, kind of the final moment when the trumpets blow and <laughs> Jesus Jesus descends <laughs> on the clouds. <laughs> Right. Well, that's, you know. why, that's why I Am Legend had to take yeah. place in New York after everybody was dead. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Because otherwise there'd still be one guy going to the stock right. exchange, yeah. right? You know, or like one guy make, like demanding his bagel. Like, <laughs> and even that, he's still going about his business, yeah. right? The right. movie actually shows him. Yeah, he go- golfs. And, <laughs> right, he golfs and he talks to mannequins and, you know, goes to the movie store. Like, like everything's bred, normal in New York. Yeah. <laughs> such a deeply bred New Yorker instinct that like, <laughs> even he's still doing it, you know? So we have to settle that all post-apocalyptic sci-fi books and movies have to take place outside of New York if they're going to be even remotely realistic. (laughs) Well, if they're going to be remotely Mm. like that, like, I don't even know if it's real. Because I actually think the New York way is more realistic, right? Like, people will continue to go about their business Mm -hmm. until they utterly can't anymore, right? Like, And so I actually think, like, the New Yorkers are almost more realistic, you know? And so if you want that kind of everything stops vision of apocalypse, you almost got to have it outside of New York because the New Yorkers are just going to continue doing their thing. Yeah. I mean, it's like just a super dense 
population. Like if you look at Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana would be just is almost a dead town anyway. Now, just yeah. imagine one little apocalyptic episode and uh, magically, oh, it's just gone. It's just gone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Boom. And I think we do ourselves. I guess what I'm thinking about actual like climate change, right? I think mm-hmm. we do ourselves a disservice when we think like like the apocalypse is gonna is gonna wake everybody up, right? Yeah. As like, long as it doesn't interfere with my daily routine, I don't care. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like you know, like the task isn't. I don't think waking. You know, fiction almost does ourselves a disservice. It's like, well, when everything falls apart, then they'll realize we were right. Like, they might not ever wake up. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, again, okay, let's go back to New York. Maybe we should just call this the New York episode. The New York apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> the one with the New Yorkers. <laughs> but New York already is is going to be prey to rising sea levels. Mm-hmm. You know, that's already, and some of the storms that they've had recently in the flooding right. are showing. When the hurricane yeah. flooded the yeah. subways and all the damage it did. But, but compounding that now is, you know, geologists saying, oh, by the way, New York City is also sinking yeah. because of the weight of all those skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even the earth itself isn't enough to keep holding them up. <laughs> right. So New York is sinking while sea levels are rising. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be facing this stuff Right. Within a decade or two anyway. It's almost like science fiction has done us a disservice, right? Because like... Because it makes our expectations that we'll have learned from it? Yeah, well, it makes our expectations that like catastrophe will lead us to... Will lead to some fundamental change. Like maybe, but maybe not, right? So are you saying (laughs) that humans just aren't all that smart? No, I just think they have a remarkable ability for (laughs) self-deception. Does that make sense? Like they're pretty smart, but... They have a remarkable ability to endure. Mm-hmm. The Declaration of Independence actually says this. It says, history has shown, you know, this is the part we don't read, but because uh, it's past the second paragraph, but it says, history has shown <laughs> that while evils are endurable, men will endure evil. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. Uh, or something like that. And it's like, that's, that's true. Like, people will endure quite a bit. You yeah. know, they'll sit outside in masks and drink their coffee in orange skies, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one, a person is smart. People are dumb. No matter how smart one person is, when you add more people to the equation, always brings yeah. the IQ down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was Einstein's quote, knowledge is limited, but ignorance is infinite. Yeah. Something like yeah, that. Something like that. Yes. I like that. But yeah. anyway, getting back to the point, we're also talking about instant catastrophes. In all, in all these scenarios that we've been That's talking true. about yes. versus now with climate change, this is not an instant catastrophe until there's pockets yes. of things going on because yes. it will not happen all at once. It'll just be, oh, hey, yeah, you know, Miami's gone, New York's gone, a couple of cities just It's not even gone, right? It's just, it's the subways flooded, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, it's... Well, it's gradually becoming Atlantis. It's not one right. big mm-hmm. cataclysmic oh, Venice, wave. Venice, right? Yeah. You know, Venice, yeah. right? Like, yeah. we, you know, that city's been singing the for New a York while. Canals. Yeah. yeah. There's a science There's a science fiction book about that, about New York set after oceans have risen and Manhattan's, like, canal. Oh. Got canals. I forget what the I book. Know. I haven't there's read the book. Something similar. But. Andre Norton. It's like Daybreak 20. Yes. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a, right. So maybe we're all just waiting for... America really just wants its own Venice, right? And that's <laughs> desperately what we want. <laughs> well, how many years did it take to create Venice from like the city state? I mean, we, yeah. I mean, uh, New York City is a lot younger, right. so well, we do things yeah. faster here in America. That's right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> instant gratification. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know. so we're gonna have an apocalypse. Let's do it efficiently. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> efficient apocalypse. 
Yeah, I just it got me thinking about you know that line that how can people still be going about their business? I'm like, I don't know. The Book of Revelation depicts people going about their business, and I'm like, <laughs> so, you know, angels are like calling down judgment from on high, like you know, like, <laughs> yo people, right? Like like there's a chill chapter at the end of the book how the kings of the earth have wait are wailing because they can't go about their business any longer, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> What do you mean the deli's not open? Right, yeah. It's like, we can't do business I need my pastrami on right now. Yeah, right. Right. Oh, yeah. You cut off the cocoa supply. That's when you'll see me. That's when. That's, that's mm. my tipping point, yeah. No that's, coffee? No, cocoa. Oh. Chocolate. Got to have my Got chocolate. Yeah. yeah, I feel like if uh, Pastor got cut off from coffee, we'd all be in serious trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all those. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I just... I don't know. I think if I had a criticism for like some people in the climate movement, mm-hmm. I guess I would say it's like they they have this idea that apocalypse is imminent, you know, yeah. and like like it's going to be like day after tomorrow style apocalypse. And they 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 seem to have no feel for even when there's collapse because there is collapses, you know, in human history. Yeah. But even when there's collapse, there's still continuity, right? Like like Rome collapses, but it's not that all of civilization ends. Like, you know, Society continues to morph and evolve yeah. into something different, right? And science fiction movies largely give us this impression too, you know, like, you know, from like zombie apocalypses. It's like it all just ends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, even when there's collapse, like, you know, Rome collapsed, but it kind of morphed into different things. Yeah. You know, and even. Well, some historians have said Rome never really did fall. Right. Functionally, we're still living in the Roman Empire. Right. It's still just kind of morphed into something different, you know. Like, even when Constantinople fell, right, like the last Roman city, like, civilization didn't collapse that produced the Renaissance. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, because all those documents from Rome flooded into the Western Europe, you know, which created, you know, the environment for the Renaissance and and all this stuff. And that led to the Enlightenment. The Enlightenment. To the Industrial Revolution, which. And you're right, at the beginning of each. You know, beginning of the Industrial Revolution, people were, like we're talking about with AI, oh, mm-hmm. everyone will be out of work, it would right. be horrible, like, yeah. Civ- civilization will collapse. Right. No. No, it's kind of <laughs> like, you know, it's pretty durable, actually. Yeah. Right. And and so, you know, I just, I oh, science fiction, back to Blade Runner, where we started, this is where Blade Runner is actually true in some respect, it has a truer vision, you know, like civilization mm-hmm. doesn't collapse in Blade Runner, it just kind of keeps going and it's quasi awful state yeah it may in, be stagnant right? but it's right. not gone it's not gone yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 that's the other thing about sci-fi right it always portrays the aftermath of that if people are still hanging on they've gone to a more primitive state they've somehow forgotten about their technological mm-hmm. advances and all that and it's like no i can see pockets yeah but you don't go from being able to fly to suddenly not even having being able to ride on horseback. People hmm. remember that you could do those things and they're going to keep some kind of rudimentary version of that tech alive. Weren't there so many Star Trek episodes about people that didn't remember how to do that, that after generations and generations, they forgot how to. Yeah. Well, again, you know, the E plognistum episode, you know, yeah. the comms and the yangs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, yeah, I just, I, I, can, I can see forgetting the reason behind a war. I think we see that in a lot of regions of the planet today where there's tensions between two groups and no one remembers why it started. Are but, you talking about the episode with uh, Yar's sister? No, I was going back to the old show. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Um, it's a great original series episode where yeah. uh, basically you figure out, spoiler alert, from a show from 1963. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> you, you figure, they go, they land on this planet where there are these two warring tr- primitive tribes, and Kirk eventually figures out that somehow they were exact clones of United States and communist China. And like they're born out of this nuclear holocaust, Holocaust, you know. Yeah, I have a friend who's an electrical engineer, and this always drives him crazy because he's like, You don't like say there is a nuclear war, like, okay, but like, if even one nuclear engineer survives, you know, he's like, We think we know how to build hydroelectric dams, right? (laughs) Like, like we'd get a power, like, and that's (laughs) where we know that copper still like transmit electricity, like, we would get electric, like, it would take a little bit, but like, you it wouldn't be centuries, it would, you know, yeah, within decades, we (laughs) would rebuild, you'd have electricity again. I think that's why, probably, of all the apocalyptic movies, sci fi Mm -hmm. movies slash stories, Mm -hmm. the postman is probably the most accurate. Strange, yeah. Ironically, (laughs) um, as much as that movie gets trashed, in that regard, it is more accurate because it's fatal flaws that I refuse to believe Kevin Costner saved civilization. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I I absolutely Mm -hmm. refuse. (laughs) Look, frankly, I think he didn't believe it either. But (laughs) But, yes, yeah, because they do. They they rebuild, and it's pockets, right? Right. It's very clear that not the entire planet hasn't gone primitive. Right. Mm. And even in the areas that did, they rebuild quickly. Right. So there, of all the things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all the great big budget sci-fi movies through the decades. We've come to the postman. We've come to the postman. <laughs> and life finds a way. <laughs> it does. That's the great thing about it. <laughs> yes. Yes. <sighs> all right. Wow. Wow. Like the insights we have provided yeah, the world. Yeah. So basically, we're saying most science fiction apocalypse is wrong. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, folks. Well, and I think not to we add. We just it. had a conclusion. I know. Let's not to add a postscript. Yeah. Fair enough. We had a good conclusion. Uh, fair we enough. got we'll good statements. We'll leave it there. Yes. Fair enough. We'll leave it there. Right. I'll relish the moment. Right. Yeah. Relish the moment. Relish the moment. Okay. Fair enough. All right. On to our game. There we go. Our game is a simple one. Today it is Give Me a Star Trek episode in five words. I will start. All right, wait. Are we making one up or this is an actual episode? No, making one up. Make up a Star Trek episode in five words. Uh, I will start because I've had time to think about this. Captain Janeway meets Captain Kirk. That works. That works, yeah. It's a time travel episode. Mm -hmm. Simple principle is this. Captain Janeway is like a by-the-book straight laced you know everything's got to be according to the rules and kirk is like the exact opposite of that and the two of them have to figure out how to solve the crisis uh whatever crisis that's happening where either one goes back or one goes forward Mm. and how do the two interact and they're very different styles of leadership and spock acts as mediator (laughs) between the two i like it i like it especially spock Mm. being the mediator yeah yeah can i kind of cheat yeah okay Q, comma, Picard, mm-hmm. stuck in wormhole. Which wormhole? Like, just wormhole. Just, 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 wormhole. just wormhole. This is the title of the episode, Q, mm-hmm. comma, Picard, stuck in wormhole. Okay. So, what, so what's the basic storyline here? Um, so Q's running around the, the wormhole, mm-hmm. and Picard's trying to find a way out. Q, uh, Picard's in, in a shuttle or something like that, but mm-hmm. Q's always throwing obstacles in his way. <laughs> yeah. 
Did you ever listen to the comedy thing, uh, Q versus Spock? No. It was no. this show John Delancey and Leonard Nimoy used to do together. Oh, <laughs> it wow. A, no. It was a two-parter. premise of it was like Spock's giving a lecture on Earth now and Q pops in. <laughs> and the two like <laughs> have to like do their thing together. It's, it was a pretty great comedy routine. But yeah, oh, like Q that. versus Spock. Hmm. That's not. Four. That's only three, so that doesn't count. Mm. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Q versus Spock in space. <laughs> in space, it's always in space. In Why wormhole. <laughs> yeah, in wormhole. <laughs> not in space, wait. Um, yeah. Boy, I've got two on a theme. I'm not sure which to go with. One is more serious. One could be like a Trouble with Tribbles comedy uh-huh. episode. Which would you prefer? The, the latter. The Definitely latter. the latter. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Star Trans- Trek's always good when it's laughing Okay. Then we'll bit. go with that. Transporter malfunction mixes people up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So like just total body switch. Yeah, the pattern episode. buffer yeah. it just uh-huh. it goes wonkers. Uh-huh. Like, let's face it, any computer system eventually is going to have a little bit of tro- problem with its RAM buffer. Yeah. Mm. And so that's what happens with the transporter. Honestly, Dr. McCoy's like insistence on never using a transporter is like the most rational thing in the <laughs> Star Trek universe. Everybody makes fun of him for it, but I'm like, no, no, no. This guy's like on his own. Yeah, he's yeah. on his own. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you could not force me to step in that damn thing. Well, <laughs> okay, isn't in every series there's one character that doesn't want to use the transporter? Uh-huh. I mean, you've got McCoy, you've got Pulaski, there's someone. Um, on Enterprise, I can't remember the character uh-huh. that absolutely hates the transporter. Like, I feel like Hoshi, it's... Hoshi, I think. Yeah. Is it Hoshi? Yeah. Yes. But in, in Enterprise's case, it was it's very much understandable. Yeah, it's yes. new. It was yeah. only used for cargo. They were still mm-hmm. experimenting with it, being able to keep living tissue alive. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Kind of like the scene in um, Galaxy Quest. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's inside out. And it exploded. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, I can get the trepidation on that. Uh But I think even once a transporter system is really locked down. Uh It's going to malfunction. There's got to be some malfunctions. So that's the episode. Everybody switches bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, I was even thinking of doing it kind of ragtag, like you have five people in the landing party and you have one person's arm, another person's leg. So Mm. you're like... Almost like a Tuvix mm. episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you're not smoothly blended. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Tuvix became a new person. Yeah, with this, it's like, wait a minute, that's not my arm, that's your arm. What's... Right. Each finger is a different finger from each. Yeah. <laughs> I need that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the laughter ensues. Mm. Right. You know, but that yes. would be. Wh- which era would you do this in? Oh, I think this one. This one would have to be one of the episodes of Strange New Worlds. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably. Yeah. Yeah. Not Lower Decks, Strange New Worlds. Well, could be both given what's happening this season. Live long and prosper, Boimler. (laughs) The Boimler effect. (laughs) Yes. Gosh. (laughs) I am so looking forward to that crossover. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, it should be good. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. then that's this new season begins today. So I don't know what episode in the new season it's going to be. Oh, that's right. That is today. Yeah. 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 Or several weeks ago to you listening. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Today being the, what, the 16th? Yeah. 15th. 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 Yeah. Yep. Yes. All right. Because we have our other meeting tomorrow night. That's right. Other meeting? 
Yes, the media me- team. The medium, the medium. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I'm going to that, too. We're going to be yes. developing cunning plans. No, you're having your party. <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, at council, when you're like, hey, think of stewardship things, uh-huh. did you see how bad I was trying not to break? Because I'm really wanting it to be a drone. <laughs> Stewardish campaign, steward, stewardship campaign for a drone and why we need it. I... You're running you out of could, reasons to You could bring to deny up it. the idea. I can't, I make no guarantees. <laughs> well, the other one was going to be the Hilliard Hops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's actually a good idea. It is a good idea. Yeah. But I wanted to be the drone for a non-good idea so that the other idea seems so much better in comparison. So it's, yeah, I'm not always privy to the inner workings of your cabal. Really? It's a well-managed... You're married to the president. Yes. <laughs> you're married to the president of the cabal. You're more privy to the inner workings than anybody about my wife. Ever, ever, yeah. ever since she got that CPAP machine, she doesn't talk in her sleep, so I, I can't pry you secrets can't, out of her you, anymore. You can't pry secrets out of her. All right, fair enough. <laughs> All I get is... <sighs> you're married to Darth Vader now? Yes. At night, she is a Sith. <laughs> But in the daytime. <laughs> Jedi by day, Sith by night. Oh, that's terrible. That was six words. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> that'd be close. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, that I got nothing else. So much like an 80s. Yes. Yeah. You know. It does, yes, yes. I have nothing more to add to this show. So I think we'll just close it up there. This has been Church in Space. In 3D. See you, folks. Hey, Dan. Yes, Drew. All right, I got nothing to that. (laughs) (laughs) Just for closure's sake. Beep. And run.